Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens or those I guess who have served. Well you should have said is greetings citizens. Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> well if they're a citizen that means they've served right? Uh, Only those people get to be Oh, true, yes. And in the context of the movie we're watching, yes. Uh, so this is a sci-fi movie podcast. We get together, we've watched the movie, we talk about it. And this episode, we are looking at Starship Troopers, which was a Patreon vote winner uh, for last month, I think. Yeah, whatever. It was, it was the recent winner. And this was up against... Was this... Was this What theme was this? Was 90s? It? Yeah, this may have been a 90s vote. I can't remember exactly, but... Uh, regardless, Starship Troopers came out on top. This is Paul Verhoeven's film, his satirical 1997 uh, war film, I guess if you want to call it that, uh, about a version of the future where the human race are at war with a bug-like race uh, from the Klendathu system. Am I getting these words right? There's a lot of sci-fi <laughs> jargon in this. And we follow our young character, Johnny Rico, as well as some of the other side characters he's around, such as uh, uh, the Denise Richards one. <laughs> I don't remember her name. Um, Carmen. There you go. Oh, yeah, I remember it sounding like a stripper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Neil Patrick Harris is there, and uh, Dana Meyer's there, who I really know from other things, but she's there's a lot of faces in this. Hank from Breaking Bad's in here. Clancy Brown's in here. There's a Busey with, like, you know, all 55,000 of his teeth. Uh, there's all sorts. Uh, the dude, uh, the dude who's Michael in Michael Ironside, Michael Ironside, of course. <laughs> but the dude who's in both uh Total Recall and Twins, he's in this as well, mm-hmm. uh, in a small role at one point. So it's a movie full of faces. Uh, hell, even uh, the evil aunt from Supergirl is the captain of one of the s- spaceships. Uh, yeah, I know her from not not Supergirl, but from uh, Third Rock from the Sun. I probably She's Tommy's that. singing instructor that he has a crush on. Ah, yeah. I mean, I probably know from that too. But that, that was just when I looked at her, because I was like, I recognize her face and it's annoying me. Supergirl was the first one that like jumped out. And I was like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's Supergirl. But yeah, I probably know from that too. Um, So, there you go. Uh, So yeah, the, the all-star cast. Not necessarily all A-listers. You know, I wouldn't necessarily describe Denise Richards as someone who... Did is- you even mention Casper Van Dien? the main dude uh has he ever he's ever <laughs> been anything else <laughs> starship troopers 2 is he actually in starship troopers 2 i think so or maybe three i, I know he comes back for one of the sequels i don't know you, you said that as if i should i should be respecting him and i'm like i, I literally know him from nothing but this he's like a mm-hmm. one and done as far as i can remember yeah i don't know odd he's... unless this movie ruined his career it probably did because it was a bit of a flop, uh, money money wise at the time. Uh, and we'll get into all that. Uh, so I mean, one of the things we should probably make uh, so, some somewhat clear is that I did see this, but I saw this a long time ago, probably in my teens, maybe even early on that even. No, I was yeah, I was like eleven because I remember being disappointed that there was a whole naked shower scene where there's a lot of people with the tops off, but Denise Richards was Denise yeah, she was not in that scene. And to eleven year old me, that was very disappointing. I, I want to mm-hmm. make that very clear. Um, the appeal, appeal of Denise Richards has very much waned since my <laughs> my preteen years. But at the time, she was the most magical being on Earth. And it was very <laughs> disappointing that her boobs were not on display in that movie. Um, 
But aside from that, I was not that in love with it at the time. Admittedly, it's maybe a film that one appreciates a bit more later in life, which is why it'll be interesting to see uh, how it sort of worked for me now uh, as, a, as an adult. So, uh, Tara, on the other hand, you've seen this number of times. Yes. And have, have been very outspoken to me specifically about rewatching it with fresh mm-hmm. eyes. So, well, we just talked about it because it was on our, well, it was on my list of the top 50 sci-fi movies of all yes. time. Oh yeah, but that's hardly the first time you've mentioned it to me to go back and watch it again. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people need to. Yeah, well... It was, I mean, I mean I've mean, thrown my father under the bus before, but I think he represents a lot of people who watched the movie thinking that this was going to be a serious film without getting the satire. And when you watch it knowing the satire, it's a completely different experience. Hmm. So we're going to get into it then and find out how we feel. So, I mean, I always ask you first anyway, even though in this case, I think my answer is probably the more interesting one, given that... How dare you? No, just in the sense that I, I, mine might have changed since I last saw it, because it's been such a long time. Uh-huh. That's all I mean. <laughs> but <laughs> regardless, Tara, how did you feel upon this viewing of Starship Troopers? I still love it. I still think it's great. It's got... um that Verhoeven uh, style, and it's got his uh, his wit, his view, his political views are very much on display. I think the special effects, although it came out at a rough time for special effects, actually hold up pretty well for the bugs. Um, I think the, the movie is a fun action movie, um, and it's also a very uh, comedic film. I, I think it's really good. Interesting. <laughs> There's going to be a few things in there I disagree with. Uh, uh, the, the most obvious one that I don't think is a, like, a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but I, I do not think the effects hold up. <laughs> like, I really don't. I think the bugs look great. I think the CGI for the bugs looks pretty bad. Uh, although the, the CGI for the ships looks even worse. Like They have this cartoony look to them all the time. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I still think it's okay. Like It matches the cartoony interior of the ships, too. Okay. It's got that Total Recall looking feel to it, I, and I think that I think the bugs look good. They they don't look like rubber, <laughs> they they look like solid exoskeletons. I think uh, the big bugs look great. Uh, I, I don't know. I I think the I think they hold up pretty well, especially considering it came out ninety seven. Uh, no, nah, as soon as I saw some effects in this, I went, oh, this is 97 CG. That was like my reaction. No, when I saw Lost it. in Space is ninety seven CG. This is not. <laughs> Lost in Space, I'm pretty sure it was 99. But <laughs> well, it had 97 effects. <laughs> that that was the right joke to make there. That's what I'd have said. If you'd said if I, if this if the roles had been flipped, I'd have said, and that's why it's bad that it had 97 CG. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, Tara, I'm proud. I'm proud that you made that joke. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Follow my teachings, young one. You will learn many things. Oh yeah, you're definitely one of my comedy influences. <laughs> <laughs> As I should be. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, picking up on my satire yet? <laughs> uh, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes. I, I think those effects look pretty good. I, I I don't think they hold up that well. Uh, they're not the worst from the era, don't get me wrong. By no means. But it's so effects heavy. It's so, it's so effects reliant because there's so many like, exteriors of ships. There's so many big fights with the big bugs. 
And whenever there's a practical bug effect, it looks good because they've got like a practical, you know, claw or, you know, <laughs> leg or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Or there's goose spraying about. Yeah, that stuff's fine. Um, but I have to, I think I'm going to disappoint you here because I don't have this revelation with this movie that I think you were hoping I was going to have. It's like, I appreciate the satire. Like I do. Like, I, I think the satire's there and I, I get what it's saying. And, I, you know, some things were making me chuckle here or there. I, I enjoy seeing certain actors pop up and uh, so, some of the points that it makes are definitely worth making. But I'm going to compare it to Verhoeven's perfect film. And I know that's maybe a bit unfair, but I think I have to to get my point across here is when I compare this to Robocop, and there's a lot of reasons to compare it to Robocop because even the... Uh, the, the sort of proper, I mean, the whole thing's a propaganda piece, but the little propaganda, like, sort of, like, ads to put in here at the start and in between, like, there's a couple of sections where it'll, that's the parts that always end with, would you like to know more? It's like, it's almost like mm-hmm. web adverts for, you know, join up today recruitment or like a little news bulletin saying, ah, the, the, the you know, the, the bugs, they've got plans and they're going to kill us, so we're going to kill them first because we're better. All that mm-hmm. stuff, right? That, that's a lot like in Robocop, all the news segments in Robocop and the ads. It's very. You can tell the same director like took the sort of same idea, and so oh, I'm going to do this, but with like the propaganda stuff and like 1997, uh, like internet browsing, like because like a mouse pointer moving around and clicking mm-hmm. these big gray buttons. Um, but I, I think what this is missing compared to Robocop is that Robocop also has satire, has tons of satire. It's a very satirical film. It's very political. It's got a lot of things to say. But in Robocop. I still care about the human at the center of it, and the story still works even without the satire. I think Starship Troopers, when you take the satire away, this movie has nothing left to offer. Mm. I think it is all, it's all the satire, it's all... I don't want to say it's one note, because that's a bit unfair, because it's definitely got a lot more thought put into it than that, but it very much is much that once you take away that satirical layer, once you take away the point of it, like, I don't think the story... I don't care about Rico, I don't care about any of the characters or what they're doing. I don't care about them winning. I don't care about fighting the bugs. I don't care about any of it. Because if anything, the bugs are the, are the sympathetic characters because that's kind of the point of the movie yeah. is that they're the sympathetic. Do you think that's why you don't like Rico? It's I, because you know the satire going in. Uh, he's just bland from the start. He's, he's, he never becomes more than just like a sort of... Like he's kind of, he's kind of meant to be a, a boring Aryan race dude. That's kind of the yeah. point of him. But... And while I understand the point that that's making by having him be that, he's still not interesting to watch. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not captivated by anything he's doing. He's just kind of a blank slate. Uh, I do wish... I I do have a little bit of a problem with Rico also. And it's... I don't know if it's Casper Van Diem or that they just didn't do enough with the character. Because this is a propaganda film for fascism from the perspective of the fascists. So Rico always believes in the system that he's in. But I sort of wanted him to at least consider so that we can watch somebody get seduced by the fascism rather than somebody who's already on board. So, yeah, so it's more of an arc than mm-hmm. just a straight. Cause... So that we feel bad for his journey, even though he's technically the hero, we feel bad that he was seduced by it. But yeah, because, you know, because... or at least as an audience member, we get seduced by but, it. Because then it would, that would be a tragedy because they'd be watching it in the, in the lens of a tragedy and you know that's a a genre of storytelling is you have a character who Mm -hmm. goes down a path and at the end you realize that they've gotten to the worst possible place and that's why you care you care because you're sad that they made the worst possible choice and they're not a good person anymore whereas here he's just kind of a blank bit of paper and then by the end he's still a blank bit of paper who just (laughs) 
is just yelling things more. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's totally blank. I think I think he still has a lot going on. I, I mean, I do enjoy still watching everything from the perspective of this joke. Like, uh, I like the idea that his parents are are liberal and they're saying that right wing school of yours is giving you ideas like your your teachers, the, te the it's the education it's the elitists. They're the ones that are putting these right wing ideas in your head <laughs> that are making you that way. Um, I like how everything is sort of flipped that way. And but I, I don't I, I don't love Johnny Rico also just for I, I for what I said before, I, I like I would like him to have more of an arc that I cared about other than like this love triangle that he's in. Oh yeah, I never cared about the love triangle. That was like that was never even a a thing to me. And I, well, I mean, you're going in saying Team Denise Richards. <laughs> I mean, no, eleven year old me goes in saying Team Denise Richards. I think as an adult, I actually kind of, that Dana Meyer is a better actress and has been in a lot more interesting things uh, for sure. <laughs> She's a fine looking woman. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not judging anything based on attractiveness now. <laughs> For the record, um, but no, I I just I don't care about the character. I don't care about anything that's going on, um, and I think that like I get, the satire is there, and it's saying mm -hmm. a lot with what the satire is. But I feel like a better movie and something that Verhoeven's done with RoboCop and other directors have done with maybe other concepts where it isn't just a straight up just action adventure where it's a hero's journey and you're rooting for the hero and he wins at the end, right? That's not what this movie is. Mm -mm. And other movies have also done alternative takes on these things, but you'll find they still so, some sort of make some... I don't know if this movie makes a, like a big point by the end. Like, I feel like the point that it's making in the first 10 minutes is still the point that it's making in the final 10 minutes. I th I think so. Like, the... I think the last the last big scene that happens, uh, there's, there's a line that is said by Carl... And it kind of, it is a little bit of a gut punch. Like, that's not really what we should be cheering for. Kind of a moment. Mm. And, uh, I, 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 I see it when I watch it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I have seen it many times. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I just, I feel to get invested in the characters. So I, I come out of it respecting what it's doing, but never really feeling all that engaged or, or wanting to, and I don't even want to say why you root, because you don't have to root for someone. You know, I watch many a thing with an anti-hero or a villain or, or something mm -hmm. where it's a tragedy or whatever, and it's more it's more of a like a character going down the rabbit hole and you're wishing they didn't. But at least when I wish they didn't, I'm caring. I'm invested. I'm, 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 I'm caught up in what they're doing. Um, and I don't think I ever I feel that way about this movie. So um, I probably like it more than I did when I saw it originally, but it's not like I ain't calling it great. Like, I, I ain't even coming close to great. It's, mm. I, I think it's a violent effort at what it's doing, but I think Verhoeven's made way better movies. This is his favorite, apparently. Um, he's, entitled, he's entitled to that opinion, but <laughs> I disagree. I, I respectfully disagree, Mr. Verhoeven. I think it's, I think it is great. Uh, I really do like it. There's a lot of, like, just little throwaway lines that really paint the picture of the world that they're in, the future that they're in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... Even like our our characters, our main characters are all white, and they all come from Buenos Aires, where they all have Spanish names. Kind of paints the picture of a future of like colonialism, where the Aryan race has taken over most mm -hmm. places. 
Yeah, um, one of the things that we have to talk about is that a lot of the costumes, especially the sort of higher command, are very much based on like the SS and stuff mm-hmm. like that, or even just Nazi officers. There's a lot of visual fascism that's yeah. there, and it's intentional because the whole the whole point of the, the the idea of the satire is that well, this is a world where fascism kind of won, and mm-hmm. this is like what it looks like, and this is why the characters don't acknowledge it. It just is the way it is, but. The way you know, because the way the media talks about the bugs, the whole idea is, is is dehumanizing them. It's making them like, oh, they're just monsters that we should go and kill, and this and that. And they can't be smart. We're better. We must we must just shoot first because we're better, and we're we're the better than them. It's us mm-hmm. versus them, and we are the better to side. So we're going to win. And that's all it's promoting. Like all the media that we see throughout the film is all promoting that central idea. Um, so yeah, in the beginning when it's talking about what is citizenship, what it means to be a citizen. Um, it gives you a little bit of a history of Earth having um, some time ago, generations ago, basically military took over everything. Like our, all the governments were run by military. If you had military service, then you were considered somebody who is a leader who can teach. And um, you basically, if you, everything was run by the military, so the world just became, the whole world became militaristic. Um, I think that's a cool, interesting, like, history of Earth <laughs> for this sci-fi future. Um, I like the, uh, yeah, the whole idea is that if you wanted to be, you have to be a citizen. In order to be a citizen, you have to serve in the military. And um, if you are honorably discharged, then you can get citizenship. So then you have the right to vote. Apparently, you have the right to have babies. There's like a little line about that in the shower scene. Well, actually, it, it, the line was just, it's easier to get a license to have babies. It wasn't just right. a guarantee, but yeah, like that line was there. Um, right. Which is like, I mean, she's so excited about it. Like, I'm curious so I can have babies. I want to have a family. But it's like, well, that's pretty messed up, actually, that you have to serve in the military in order to be able to have kids. That's your, or at least make it easier for you to have kids. So only sure. the rich could afford it or... I wonder if, I mean, I definitely wasn't thinking this at the time when I was 11, right? Or 10 or whatever age I was when I saw this. Well, not, certainly not during the shower scene. I don't so, know what you're yeah. about to say, but I'm sure you're only thinking about one thing. Not, <laughs> yes, during the shower scene at that age, yes. I was thinking about, well, two things, technically. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> no, like, I'm pretty sure when I was 11, I, I'm sure I wasn't thinking about it at the time. But I do wonder if part of what turned me off about it so much and why it felt so weird uh is even though i didn't even know what my you know what my ideas of like what i consider to be like my political allegiance or what i, I what I, i'd seen as like right mm-hmm. or wrong or what my beliefs were like i really i never like said them out loud never thought about them even but i wonder if it's just like because i took it straight in less as a satire the fact that it was so fascist was just off-putting to me even though i, I couldn't have necessarily contextualized what that meant or why that was uh, yeah. And I wonder if that's why I took a dislike to the time. Now I can appreciate the satire. I still think it's just okay though, overall. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's another line that's sort of throwaway in like the f- middle of the movie where a reporter is talking about the bugs and the whole reason why the bugs are attacking us is just because we were invading them <laughs> like before. And so this is really just a oh, retaliation yeah. I, thing. And they're like, we're just going to kill all the bugs. Yeah, I was getting some, uh, <laughs> you know, America looking for oil kind of like yeah. parallels here. Yeah. It's uh, just this little moment where you go, hmm, it takes you back into the, like, 
if you were really into the film and starting to root for these people, it takes you back out into it. Like, oh yeah, this is this is satire. <laughs> these are not the good guys. Yeah, no, the humans are the bad guys in this. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's, 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 and hell, even if the start, even the propaganda thing that starts off the whole movie, which is just that I'm doing my part, I'm doing mm-hmm. my part, and then the kid says I'm doing my, and they all sort of chuckle. <laughs> even the kid's doing his part. Uh, yeah. Right from that moment, I'm like, I don't like this. These human pe- beings. Like, <laughs> I hate this yeah, human race. it's like all these troopers are like handing guns to kids, like rifles to kids to like play around with. Like pretend you're shooting a bug. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is going to sound so bizarre, but I almost feel like it should have went further with some of this. Like, if you're going to go cartoony violent, you're going to go, like, yeah, like, see, see, I mean, we're not in spoilers yet, we're still spoiler-free territory, but, you know, there's a section towards later in the film where they have to, like, bring in sort of reinforcements, and they bring sort of, like, cadets who are basically just out of basic training. Um, and they look and I, really young. And I'm like, you know what? If you're going to do it, actually get like 14 year olds like get, put some kids in those uniforms and really make us go go oh my god they've got killed kids they're gonna have kids i mean fame. i was thinking they were they were pretty young because i mean they've only been like rico has only whoa, been whoa, there whoa, for whoa, like a year whoa, hold on, hold on. they look young in comparison because our main characters are some of the oldest looking teenagers i have ever seen in my goddamn life like they're in a high school class at the start of this movie and i swear uh-huh. rico's like 29 like well, he's I pushing mean, 30 Neil patrick harris looks pretty young still <laughs> Right? How many of these Richards are like? Because there's, 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 there's later on, because Michael Ironside, right, who's their teacher in this, who then later in the film shows up as like a like harsh lieutenant, right? Later on in the film, he's basically like, like encouraging two of them to have sex, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you realize like a year ago you were their teacher and they were just like you know teenagers, and like does this not strike you as feeling a bit odd? Like, yeah, give her one for me, son. Go on. <laughs> Go on, soldier. Like, oh, it's paradise in the future. So. Yeah, can we talk about the fact that Michael Ironside and Total Recall lost both of his arms, and in this film he's missing an arm? I just think that is a, a, a little on the nose, like, wink, wink. <laughs> bit of humor. Uh, maybe. I think from Verhoeven. It is from, well, it is from the book, because he plays their instructor, and their instructor is missing an arm. Well, well yeah, but he book. cast them in that role, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I want Michael he Ironside miss, for this. He does lose a couple other limbs in that. This movie too. Hi, hi, hi. Let's slow down. Let's get too spoiler. <laughs> I was thinking that was more of a nod. Oh, true. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Verhoeven, I don't know if he had Michael Aaron said any more movies, but I almost like it should, it should have been a running joke that he keeps bringing them back just to lose more limbs. Like every, mm-hmm. every movie puts them in. Verhoeven was just born to play like hard ass like generals and lieutenants wasn't he oh you mean iron ha- ironside yeah ironside what did i say verhoven verhoven <laughs> yes iron ironside <laughs> michael ironside he's, he's, he's that dude uh yes i i don't even uh, so yes uh i, I mean I, also... I think yeah it's i think it's important to know like the like verhoven was coming from like he lived in the netherlands when it was occupied by germany in world war ii and so like escaped it i believe and he he's actually made quite a few war films i've watched one called a uh, black book that was that was pretty good i never it was saw another... it, but i remember it being nominated for oscars when it came out yeah and that was about like nazi occupying the netherlands and the like uh, jewish resistance and what some people did in order to survive and it was a very good film um still had that Verhoeven 
sort of uh, perviness in there. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because that, that looked like more of a straight historical, you know, drama. Uh, so the idea that it really also- is. But, you know, you know who the director is. Like, I can't imagine he's, he, he watched, um, I don't know, uh, Life is Beautiful, for example, right? And went, Joe, you know this needs more tits. This needs more tits. Let's get more tits. Yeah, not just tits. <laughs> oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but, it, you know, he's European. That's, <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> Europeans are very free with their bodies, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I do um I do enjoy that movie still, and I I do recommend it. And the uh, I have read the book a couple of times. The last time was like five years ago, and I have I've also read I I like Heinlein. I've read a few of his novels, um, and he is a bit confusing to me politically, judging from his books, like. Wait, hold on. Are you talking you talk about this book? Are you talk about Starship Troopers? Yeah. Because well, because my quick glance from me said that the book was actually just completely pro-fascist, and Verhoeven flipped it into a satire. Right. He well, he didn't even finish the book, but honestly, there are lines in the book that tell me that it is also satire, and there are. He's written out well. He, I mean, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress is pretty libertarian, which is sort of right wing, and but. But so many of his other books come off very leftist. So honestly, like I am a bit confused by by Heinlein's initial motivations for the book. Like, is it also satire or not? And I I don't know. I I haven't looked into it or anything to see what other people have said. But um, yeah, I I don't know that it is as like right wing pro fascist as um, as people like or Verhoeven thinks it is um and also I'm I'm pretty sure that that Heinlein wrote that that book like during the height of World War II so why would he write something that was (laughs) pro-fascist like it, it seems like it should be um satire let me look up when the book came out but well, just for context here, like, where did he live? Like, who was he? Exactly. Because he may be pro-fascist, depending on where he's from and, like, what political parties he supported. Just looking from his profile on on uh, Wikipedia, it says, Heinlein repeatedly addressed certain social themes, the importance of individual liberty and self-reliance, the nature of sexual relationships, the obligation individuals owe to their societies, influence of organized religion on culture and government... And the tendency of society to repress nonconformist thoughts. I mean, he doesn't sound right wing. <laughs> and honestly, like the books that I've read from him are, I mean, that maybe Starship Troopers is a little bit, but I don't know. There are there are moments in the book where, like, they also talk about how Earth attacked first. <laughs> you know. These bugs are just responding. I don't know. I don't know. I have no context for this. This is okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know this is very much part of um, Verhoeven's like reason for making the movie at, in the in the direction that he did for from the perspective of the fascist. But I think maybe he also missed some of the points of Heinlein's writings because he did he he missed not read finishing the book. 
I mean, this is a bold claim, right? I can already see the comments. <laughs> Tara accuses <laughs> director of not understanding the book, even though she likes the movie, which is the really weird part. But <laughs> that's okay. Like, I I think that I think it's okay to have different versions of things. You know, I love the Lord of the Rings, and I also love Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. They are very different, but they are both beautifully told stories with great themes and great characters. I love. The the Shining film from Kubrick. I'm sure the book is good too. <laughs> I haven't read it. I mean, I'll stick up for Kubrick's The Shining, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, no comment on the Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> the twelve hours of sleep, as I call it. Um, but <laughs> you are alone on your lonely mountain. I am I not. Lord of the Rings. I'll- other people think Lord of the Rings is boring. That is not me. That is not oh, just those me. They're wrong people. <laughs> those uh, people probably also don't like or appreciate this movie. <laughs> if I take one more step, it'll be the, the most steps I've ever taken from home. If I take another step, this will be the new most steps I've ever taken from home. <laughs> another step. Another step. Did you see that like 12 hour cut? I didn't know. No, but that's probably why it's in my head. As someone mentioned it recently to me, because yeah. I I wouldn't remember that line was in the movie. I don't remember scenes from that movie. Are you kidding me? Mm. I know it all by heart. I I remember people walking around in groups at one point in the second one. I think that was the, that was the extent of my memory. And just there's the third one having about a million endings and never just like I I kept thinking I was done, and then it was like no, it's another scene, and I'm like screw you, movie. Screw you, movie. It's a beautiful movie with a beautiful ending. Yeah. I said, though, the Hobbit trilogy makes it a little like gold. But that's, <laughs> that's a debate for another time. We have to be fantasy here. We're the best science fiction podcast, damn it. Let's get back <laughs> to the task at hand, which is Starship Trippers. An excellent film. Oh. It, uh, well, eh. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I, you know, I'll say this: the music's very good. I, I like the score. It's the same composer who did RoboCop, and you can tell. I think there's, there's definitely some moments. Uh, there's some stuff towards them when they're like creeping around in like caves, and mm-hmm. there was like just these little things. It's is it because obviously the main brassy bit sounds kind of RoboCopy because the big brass, but there's uh, some of the little mysterious bits of music actually also made me think even probably more so that it was actually almost directly little bits of the RoboCop score, and I'm like ah Basil. I'm paying attention <laughs> to you. I see. I see you using some of your same tricks again. I also like the score. I think it's very, it's very militaristic. It's very appropriate for the film. Hmm, it's bombastic. Kalend, Kalend, whatever the place is called. Uh, the that drop, that track is is really good. And Verhoeven clearly knew it was good because he used it in the end credits as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, fair play. Um. All right, well, I think we should play again, spoilers soon. So I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, for for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Thank you to you guys uh, for being Patreon producers. That means you are $20 or more. So Tara, go into your Patreon plug, please. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, if you enjoy our show and the reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as low as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. So if you're looking for your favorite B-movies like Time Cop or 
1995's Judge Dredd, um, some David Carradine gems, please check out the Patreon page. And if you donate $5 per month, you will get access to these reviews one day early. Some other shows you get a week early. So thank you. There you go. So full spoilers from this point on for Starship Trippers, the Party Pippers. Uh, Also, we're probably going to do all the sequels on our on our Ace bonus episode. That's that's true. We'll probably the, the sequels to this will probably be bonus material. Although I feel like we have to we promised Tremors first, though. I think we have to start with the Tremors sequels before we get the sequels to this. I think we have enough room. Yeah, we can alternate. Yeah, so you want to do, you want to do a, a Tremors two, then a Starship Troopers two. I don't want to forget what happens. <laughs> do you think the plot is going to be important continuity wise going forward? I think it takes two franchises to make up for the loss of Transfers. <laughs> no more Jack Death. We have to watch more of Johnny Rico, who was the only actor willing to come back because everyone else was a bigger star. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know what Busey's doing now. Well, Busey's in things. I, I mean, I see Busey in things. I haven't. I've seen him in Contact and Starship Troopers, and then I never saw him in anything else. Ah, oh, no, Jay Busey's in tons of stuff. I mean, he was, he was in the new Predator film <laughs> most recently. <laughs> I saw that movie. I don't remember him in it. Uh, he was in Fr- The Frighteners. It was an identity. That was before this movie. He was in Stranger Things. I didn't. I don't watch Stranger Things. I don't it? watch TV. He was in Agent Shield. Uh, again, more TV. But you know, he was he was in things. I will not have this. I am not. I will not have a beauty, uh, insulted on my watch. How dare you? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was in a crappy horror film called Arbor Demon that me and Tim did on screams a couple of years ago. Uh, it was it wasn't good, but yeah, it was Does there. It take place on Arbor Day. Yes. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> I think I think that was the thing. Yeah. I had to ask him what Arbor Day was. Though. I didn't know what Arbor Day. <laughs> I don't think I know what Arbor Day is. I know I the thing. I don't know if Tim knew what it was either. I remember asking him. I don't remember if he gave me an answer. <laughs> Isn't it like a fall holiday? I don't know. Anyway, full spoilers for Starship Troopers. Um, the, the movie, you know, it kind of follows this format where we're interested in the characters in high school. They're just about to graduate, even though they like graduated 10 years ago. And they are, two of them really want to join up with the military because that's the done thing. Uh, Johnny Rico, though, isn't expected to because he comes from money. He His parents are rich and they're upset that he's going to join the military. They, they want him to just go on a vacation to the, the rings of Saturn or whatever they said. Uh, and, you know, they want him to be safe and the people die when they get sent to set off to serve in the military. Uh, but he does it for all the wrong reasons, which is Denise Richards is really excited about it and she bats her eyelids um, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to join up too. I mean, Michael Ironside also kind of bats his eyelids at him as well, technically. Yeah, he, he's been going to this school, public school, which is all militarized, and mm-hmm. every school is like ROTC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's almost as if OCP themselves were funding all the school systems. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking of better for hoping movies. Um, so, <laughs> Do you really not like this one? It's okay, it's okay. I don't love it. Is I'm 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 very middling. I bet on it, it grows on you. I don't know, I don't know. 
I don't mm. know if it will. We'll. I mean, we'll see. I hope it does. I want. I don't. It's not that I want to dislike it. <laughs> I just think it's so smart. Such a smart, dumb movie. <laughs> it's it's missing something. Like I get what it's doing, but it's missing something. Anyway, so uh, we're introduced to not only the 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 love triangle of Rico is dating Denise Richards, but then uh, Dana Meyer's there and she's really into Rico and is trying to steal Dizzy. him every, every step of the way. Yes, does he? Uh, and. Then we're introduced to I, I suppose maybe it's more of a square technically because we're introduced to kind of a sort of rival guy at the uh, the weird it's like American football meets basketball whatever the sport is it's basically American football but they're playing it in an indoor court for the best I could tell yeah th I think this is a fun scene because it's sort of now that you know when you're watching it that you're watching like the the perfect like utopia fascist future mm -hmm. that all of their like high school athletes are basically olympians like everybody's super pretty everybody is really good at like sports um even the women are like i think dizzy might be like the quarterback or whatever she's definitely mm -hmm. in charge when she's on the field um like all the sports are co-ed because everyone's equal it's uh, a <laughs> i think it it's a it's an odd scene because it's like a high school sports scene that's like that really too good but that's the only thing that sticks out to me. Maybe, maybe I have a misunderstanding here, but I never got the impression that a fascist society would actually want women to be treated equal. Uh, is is that a misunderstanding I have? Well, or... I don't know because there is I mean, that whole line about the not being able to give birth without permission mm. says to me that women are still like pregnancy bags. <laughs> you know, women are still just a womb. But <laughs> so... if you don't have <laughs> right, like obviously they don't have autonomy over their body when it comes to that but like the the free you know sex or whatever of the future like everybody everything is co-ed and um sex isn't frowned upon or anything like that like so there's still some fascism there but it's in the sense that i don't think women have autonomy over their biological <laughs> um functions for their government but um otherwise i think they do seem to be pretty equal and well, yeah, it's but... probably because if you're not chosen then you might as well you know serve your purpose oh no i get what it is in the movie i'm asking is this something that actual fascism in the real world has like has hinted at or backs up because it doesn't i don't get the impression that it has i don't know we see like women uh I don't want to say generals, but like women who are in charge of things in like communist countries. So maybe I I'm not really sure. Yeah, because I'm just all I'm hearing in my head right now is the scene from Jojo Rabbit where uh, what's her face? Rebel. I've had twelve children for yes, Germany. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, all, all I'm thinking is like because that that the entire point of the Hitler Youth was like all the girls are going to go learn to have babies and cook because that's yeah, what yeah. women are there for. Right, and all the boys are going to learn how to fight and, you know, be soldiers, and yeah. that's so. To me, like again, I'm kind of sure. limiting okay. here. Well, this is this is a modified version of a fascist future. Sure, where sure. It's still a utopia that everybody would want to be in. Look, like women can be whatever they want, men can be whatever they want. I mean, are you just saying not, just not are, mothers? Are you saying that the fascist system that kind of won out in this world? One of the caveats they had to have, one of the things they realized they had to do to win, 
was like sort of win over like half the population that were otherwise going to be treated like shit and they went oh maybe this is how they came to power yeah this is not the handmaid's tale future yes. but maybe a hint maybe a hint of it well, i mean that I'm line just... about the motherhood thing is there no but I'm, I'm, I'm it's an interesting detail that i don't think actually lines up with fascism as we know it or at least as i mm-hmm. know it as, as i've understood it it's like everything else is very fascist but that one key thing where like there are women playing on the sport, same sporting teams there are women who are in charge of like ships and stuff like that does feel different to me than what i've seen of fascism I and mean, maybe mm-hmm. the idea is, is that equality happened and then fascism took over so the idea was it was just normal before fascism took hold whereas when fascism was kind of like really trying to take over back in the 30s but you know we were so far behind on equality that it, there was like a natural i don't know the point well, of, i mean if it's if it's just a military militaristic future where everything is run by the military, then it would make sense that women would also be very militaristic. And you sure. would have to just adapt. Like, you would have to just say, okay, well, our inventory can include females also. Well, that's all I'm trying to get you to say, really. <laughs> it's just sort of explore why this choice was made. Like, why in the script or in the book, even, you know, whatever one had the idea uh, to, you know, make that choice, that that particular part of the, this world. Just... Yeah. Uh... I think I remember something in the book about a line um, that stood out to me about like having women on the battlefield, like helped the men fight better or something like that. <laughs> Some, um, somehow, somehow they took the idea of women all have equal rights and be able to fight on the battlefield and turned it into a sexist thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there was something in there that I remember. Oh, the men, the men will all, all be doubly heroic because they think they have to take care of the women. That, that, yeah. That's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> so something like that. I do. I do wish the designs of the, uh, of the suits were more like what was described in the book because we do get that in edge of tomorrow and it's awesome like those are the starship trooper suits i wanted to see in this movie but they're not very practical plus like a dozen people got heat stroke including jake Busey on the set while filming because it was 120 degrees and they're all wearing armor so i understand why we don't have that it's just kind of a bummer we don't get to see the cool suits edge of tomorrow's will be a better movie so it's fine <laughs> you know what do you mean <laughs> I, I love that i put you in a corner there because you love edge of tomorrow so you might prefer it but you don't want to just go along with what i said because you don't want to badmouth this one either so no i don't i think you're taking like the opposite side because i'm being so positive and you think it's kind of okay <gasps> but you have to come off as like the bad cop <laughs> I, well, I think by because you think it's excellent and i think it's just okay i think inherently i am the bad cop oh yeah definitely on the scale you, just, you don't have to jazz it up. <laughs> yes, it's a show. It's maybe entertaining. <laughs> we maybe, are the maybe. top radio. We are the NPR of we're movie be, reviews. You know, quid, quid pro quo and all that jazz. We're going to be whipping it back and forth, all that. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I, I love how the like we actually talked about them playing a sport, and that led to that. There's a lot in this film. Hey, to be fair, I'll give it credit, right? That one idea, that one idea of the sport and the fact that the the, the quote-unquote quarterback, because I don't even know what the quarterback does. Yeah, it seems Uh, some sort of football-ish. I don't know. uh, But even 
like that did lead to some good conversation. So if nothing else, I'll say it succeeds as a science fiction film because it's making me talk about things and it's making me think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how much I actually enjoyed the story of actually watching it. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, so he signs up and they basically take a test and on that first day, they're basically... Uh, I said basically like three times there. I apologize. Uh, You're a horrible co-host. I know. Co-host? <laughs> How dare you? Oh, fine. You lead the conversation then. You, if you're hosting, you host. As host, I demand that you do it. <laughs> you seem to think host is a position of power. It is simply not. <laughs> the one who gets paid is the one who does it. Okay, so I mean, we actually glossed over a scene, which I'll, I'm just going to mention it because it was vaguely amusing. Which was they're like dissecting like the bugs in class and mm-hmm. Denise Richards vomits. It was vaguely amusing, uh, but they get like a test when they sign up for the military, and this one test on like one day mixed with the school results basically determines which branch of the military they're going to go in. And they come out, and Denise was like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm in the pilots, I'm in the fleet, I'm going to go up and fly spaceships, it's so cool, that's why I worked so hard at my math test, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Neil Patrick Harris comes out, he's like, oh, I'm going to science and command. He's like, oh, and the, 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 the guy who's like signing them up says, oh, next time I meet you, I'm going to be saluting you. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. very good. Military oh. intelligence. So, how about you, uh, young Johnny Rico? Uh, I'm field infantry. <laughs> and he's like ah that's good man that's field infantry made me what i am today as he shakes his hand with a a, a prosthetic limb and he's missing two legs yep. and johnny's like hmm i might have made a made a bad move here <laughs> that character is taken directly out of the book as well like the first time you meet somebody who is like a recruiter he's missing yeah. all of his limbs <laughs> it's foreshadowing for uh for uh, Ironside. Ironside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I almost, this is almost like kind of where I wish the movie went, though, is him noticing more things and at least for a while, maybe, as you say, questioning or all, or maybe, or even if you go full comedy with it, never have him question it, but have constant things that shoved in his face that tell him this is a bad idea and this is all horrible and wrong mm-hmm. and have him just be ignorant to it because then maybe that could be funny. It could be like a, you know, the almost the uh, the style of like slapstick comedy where someone keeps missing like these life-threatening things, but they never know, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. You know, uh, like this like that, a Buster Keaton know. movie. <laughs> yeah, like a Buster Keaton, which we just talked about on Twilight Zone. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, so they kind of split up at that point, though. They they all vow to be friends forever, and they're going to have this long-distance relationship uh, as Denise Richards and and her main. Uh, vanilla white dude and Johnny Rico <laughs> vanilla white as they go off to boot as they go off to boot camp uh, we meet a lot of other uh, very likable actors uh, interestingly we do follow Denise Rich- we follow Denise Richards as well we see her side of things not as much as Johnny's but we see a lot of it uh, Neil Patrick Harris just disappears from the movie for a long ass time a long time it's all mysterious because he's doing all these like high up things like the high in rank and it's all behind the, the curtain and all that but mm-hmm. um there, there is, you know, some over-the-top stuff at boot camp. There's, like, the uh, Clancy Brown makes Jake Busey put his hand out to prove why learning how to throw a knife is important and just throws a knife at his hand just to make a point. 
It yeah. almost becomes a running joke where they'll shoot medic at the end of a scene because he's. It, it, yeah, there's a payoff. It's a very Robocop payoff. It is a very Robocop payoff because Johnny, when he's in charge, they're doing like a, a, a live fire exercise against dummies and someone's helmet's malfunctioning, even though we get no impression that the helmets do anything other than just sit in their head. <laughs> well, I think it's a communication thing. Okay, okay. He says, I can't, I can't hear you guys. Something's wrong with my helmet. And yeah, he takes off the helmet. And then an- another, we see another um, recruit like get lasered by the enemy dummies and shoots his, shoot him in the face. And it's a, it's a pretty fun a prosthetic. Yeah, he said, he said goes pop, uh, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, and naturally he gets in trouble and we actually get like a... But that's a, when he shouts medic. That's when he shouts medic and it's pretty funny. Uh, and he gets uh, he gets lashes for this. He gets, mm-hmm. he gets the 10 lashes and... It's either it, 10 lashes or the walk of shame home. Not it, allowed to become a citizen. But this is all an example again of this system and it's archaic kind of ideas to the point where clancy brown even leans in and says bite in this it helps trust me i know uh or even later on when he becomes the new michael ironside because that's essentially what happens is he takes over and like starts saying all the same things that he did uh yeah and then it's just perpetrating you want to live forever people to turn into the same versions of what's already been just a cycle of the same fascist people um that value all the wrong things that value shooting first and not thinking ever or asking questions ever (laughs) just just shoot first that's, that's, mm-hmm. all you, that's all you need to do. Uh, but he kind of bonds with Jake Busey and he bonds with uh, Dana Meyer who does end up in the same squad. Uh, she claims not to have requested to move there because of him, even though... We know otherwise. Yeah. Uh, as actually, that was one of the other themes that stuck out to me in this part of the film is how little privacy anyone has, which I guess is also like here it's in a jokey way where he's trying to like watch messages that has been sent to him or he's trying to send a message and everyone's mm-hmm. in the background showing their ass or cracking jokes. Um, but you know, when you think about fascism, a, a big part of it is, is that no one's allowed their own individual thought. Like everyone's always been monitored. Everyone has to like, you know, be towing the, the, the government line or you'll be, you know, never heard of again. You'll be taken in the middle of the night. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm sure their their video emails that they send to each other are um on desk. are screened on desk as well. <laughs> yeah, they're CD ROMs beforehand. They, <laughs> they say write to me, but it's just like a, a video call. Yeah, I uh, like that. So um, so they're all, they're all looking over his shoulder when she dumps him, and uh, they all get kind of awkward. And Jake Busey's like, "You've still got look, me." <laughs> it does look like modern day boot camp in a way though because it it is very much like that have you, i assume you've seen full metal jacket of course yeah i mean that movie was made in what the 70s and it's still <laughs> boot camp is very much exactly the same as in that movie at least american boot camp it's just one big room that you're in with bunks around it with no privacy for two months well yeah i'm sure this is just based on what boot camp's like but with the sci-fi mm-hmm. touches you know on top um yeah it, you know, he he actually ends up quitting, and he wants to go home because he, he talks to his parents, and he's like, "Uh, you know, parents, it's not working out. I'm going to come, and they're very happy." But then mm-hmm. it turns out that because one of the things the bugs you know are doing, you know, is that they're they're sending meteors to Earth, and the a meteor hits uh, Bunazeris and kills his parents and millions of other people, and, and that's when he storms into the you know the the like uh, tank from Breaking Bad, and he's like, "Sir, forget that I resigned." reinstate me i want to kill these bugs yep 
That's what it takes, right? A big, uh, a big attack. That's all it takes to become radicalized. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently yeah. so. I, I, I like this better though when it's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I relate to the Batman way of doing this more. The lone misunderstood. I mean, he was going to take. He wasn't going to take the walk of shame home, right? He he wasn't going to do it. But then they gave him the lashings, and that was like a moment where he decided like. This isn't for me, because even when he's taking the lashings, like you see the other recruit, the one that actually shot the gun under his, you know, supervision, he uh, she's on her way home. Mm -hmm. And so he feels responsible. The lashings are, you know, something he's done, but he's made the decision to go home anyway. And there is a bit of a defeatist thing there, but maybe it was also that the lashings kind of put something in his mind, like maybe this isn't right. Maybe this isn't the right way to do something. Well, I think part of it as well is that that if he has an arc in the movie, it's kind of just losing whatever he has left of his humanity. And the idea that he feels guilty about the person that died and the person who had to get kicked out. And mm. then it becomes personal. And by the time he gets, you know, post, you know, Ironside where he becomes the lieutenant and he's yelling things like, you know, keep fighting or I'll shoot you myself or, you know, things like that. He just kind of loses any type of his, you know, he becomes just one of the drones. He's just mm -hmm. one of the parts of the machine, the fastest machine. I mean, this came out, you know, before 9-11. But after that happened, obviously, a lot of Americans gave up their freedoms willingly and allowed things like the Patriot Act to go through or supported, you know, invading Iraq. And it was because we were just like, well, whatever it takes to get retribution for what happened. And without thinking, like, are we doing, <laughs> are, is what we're doing wrong? And I think Rico has that moment of, well, his hometown was killed by bugs, including his family. And it's just immediately, I want to join up. I, I don't want to quit. I, he gets his radicalism back. Yep. Yep. He has this motivation that uh, drives him forward and, the, the characters, you know, interact again. Like, you know, they run into each other, uh, particularly him and Denise Richards. And it ends up fighting because the douchebag that he was having a bit of a rivalry with in the sports team, of course, turns out to be also in the, the flight uh, portion of the military. And he ends up actually, he, he maneuvered his way to be the superior to Denise Richards. So that he's there by her side, giving her orders. Mm -hmm. uh, and we never actually see it get romantic. They almost kiss at one point, but they're interrupted, and it never actually explicitly shows us them having a romantic... Uh, I mean, you assume it's happening, you never see it, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you like Amy Smart showing up for a little cameo, too? That was like kind of fun. Two scenes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what's funny is that I didn't really know who Amy Smart was, but she was on Stargirl this past year, and that's where I kind of know her from. Oh, so. yeah. It took I mean, me a second to recognize a few her. Movies, not good movies, but ones that I had seen. She, she's in Kevin Smith <laughs> movies, I think. She not. Uh, I want to say maybe. I don't I know. That, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. She's like so far down the cast list because she's like barely a speaking part. <laughs> I mean, she was in. She was in the Butterfly Effect. She was in. Oh, the, I've seen that. Unfortunately, Jason Statham one, where he takes oh, the drugs that with crank. the adrenaline drug crank. She's in a, she was in a horrible horror film called Mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland that I saw. <laughs> oh, she was in Road Trip. I saw that back in the day. <laughs> no, I, I don't imagine that's aged well. Yeah. Wait. Probably not. Todd Phillips, as in the jo as in Joker, Todd Phillips made Road Trip. Oh my God. 
No yeah, wonder he, it's so shit. <laughs> yeah, I, he made a Hangover movies. He did comedy. Uh, hangovers are overrated. Oh, they're not good. I Piece only saw the first anyway. two, and I, I don't. Like I only saw the first one. <laughs> it didn't do it for me. Uh, I have to say. Yeah. Well. I've also gotten drunk to the point of time travel in Vegas and in Thailand, and uh, so I thought maybe I'd be the movie would be relatable, but it is not. I do not like those movies. Okay. Not to boast. <laughs> I've never been drunk in general, never mind to the point of time travel, so I, I cannot relate, nor do I... I don't recommend it. Nor do I tend to sympathize with characters and things uh, who are that blind drunk. Mm. Anyway. Starship Troopers. Where were we? They drop. Yes, they go to war. They, go, they drop on the planet. And then, and war. immediately, we're going it, to war. Immediately, they have to retreat because the generals or you know the officials in charge underestimated how smart the bugs were. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, they're not just like going to bend over and take it. Like they're going to fight back, and they're actually quite smart and have a lot of numbers. Oh dear. Oh, we killed a hundred thousand of our own people by sending them in there. That's that's death trap. Oh, that was a yeah. that was a, that was a that was a poor move. I like that uh, when you see the bugs. That's. It takes so much ammunition to maybe kill one. Like it, it really does seem like a hopeless battle when you yeah. see when you see any of the troopers go up against the bugs. Yeah, um, I uh, the battle stuff's okay. It's, it's kind of like I mean, I, I like the music is because this is when the best part of the music's playing is when they're dropping and all that. Uh, you like the butt torpedoes. I was like, those are cool. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think the problem is, is that like I think the look of these these the, the, you know the, the infantry are very colonial marines, and there's a lot of aliens in this. Yeah, and I think that's also something that hurts it is because Aliens is a perfect movie, and drawing comparisons to Aliens is never going to help you. Like yeah, it's never. There going is to help one guy you. at the end who has a very Bill Paxton death. That is true, yes, yes. You want uh, some? You want more? You want some too? <laughs> there, there is that. Um, because that's actually one of the other things the movie does, is the movie actually starts with a scene from here. Uh, like the end of the news stuff actually has, a, like, the news... Because the, the, the news reporter who's there who gets killed at the end of the scene, you actually see a little bit of his broadcast at the start mm -hmm. of the movie, and it comes up saying one year earlier. Um I guess that was just to like, hey, there's action coming, we promise. Like, it, it almost feels, it almost feels like the studio said, hey, put a little bit of the action scene at the start just so that everyone knows there's action scenes coming. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd like to watch it with the commentary. Uh, day, I don't know the Blu-ray, I just stream it. Yes. I, I don't know if... Uh... It'll be Criterion one day. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I don't know. I... There's some questionable criterion choices, alright? I think Verhoeven's gonna have some. Well, yeah, but it's not about what they want to give a criterion to, it's about whether or not the, they'll give the, the rights from the studio to be allowed mm. to make one. I'm sure I'm sure if they could do a criterion of Rear Window, they'd have done one by now, because it's the, the Hitchcock's best movie, but they can't just take it from Universal. <laughs> That's a pretty bold claim. I stand by it best movie people can come fight me there's like robocops for hoven's best movie come at me bros well, i mean i would agree with that also but <laughs> man total recall and starship troopers are great 
Total Recall's great. Total Recall was a pleasant surprise when we, we visited that uh, last yeah. year. I was like, oh, hey, you know what? This is actually really good. This is much better than my memory served me. Uh, I think my my Verhoeven opinion rose at least a, a good good point that day. Mm-hmm. It was it was a nice, you know, feel-good story. Yeah, this is kind of just... I mean, it's better than I remember. Great. But, it's, <laughs> but it's not... Because uh, uh, after the drop, right, and a lot of them die, and... Uh, we still, I mean, that's the main cast still there. Uh, Rico was actually declared dead on the records but he's actually fine he's, he's in like a tank getting his like his leg wound fixed mm-hmm. um and you know by this point they've all got tattoos like his squad uh they've all bonded death from above this is when they get sent off to this this unit that's known for being really good and this is where michael ironside shows up with a, a robotic hand uh he he's running this squad and this is where they you know, and again, this idea that I oh, will reward you if you're the best soldiers possible, because after they have like some some successful fights where Rico like rides on the top of a big bug and like shoots it from above, and it's this you know big over the top scene. Um, I love all the uh, the bug blood. It's just like bright orange or bright mm. green, and oh, it's it's or like there's one guy who's shooting a bug and he's just getting mustard like thrown on in the entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, the he gives them like hey so if you if you if you give us the best I'll give you the best and he hands them out lots of booze and like beer like, and and a know, fiddle and yeah and like sports balls to play with and and all sorts um and encourages Rico and Dana Myers to have have sex uh gives them gives them ten extra minutes to get the deed done and nice then this is kind of like where the movie again maybe it goes back to its metaphor a little bit because then the bugs turn out to be smart enough to lay a trap because they go to this outpost there's been a distress call and everyone's dead and they're kind of like getting in here and say oh what happened here everyone's already dead and uh the guy who's over by the comms like has had like his, his head's been drilled and the brain's missing as if like something like was trying to access knowledge and they're like shit these things may actually be quite smart like what's that? they're using tactics and stuff like we, we did just... see some like I don't I want to call it like propaganda TV, but maybe a little bit of two scientists debating whether or not there was a, a hive mind, like a brain bug that was organizing everything. So this sort of confirms that. Yeah, it, it felt kind of like a scientist on a on a right wing channel trying yeah, to t- the guy tell was us about like, climate change. The idea of a brain bug offends me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was getting like you know visions of someone saying you know climate change is real and you know this is the things that's going to start happening. This was a, what are you talking about? I just saw snow outside. You're an idiot. Yeah, it was very much like that. Like turn up to eleven. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, and this is where the guy from Total Recall and, uh, and Twins shows up. He mm-hmm. pops out of a closet, literally. <laughs> well, actually, it's a freezer. It's a freezer. He's, he's shivering. It's a freezer mm-hmm. he was hiding in. Um, but it's a trap. They've basically laid this trap. They actually, like, they forced the, the human that had his head drilled in to, to make the distress call to lure people in. This was all a trap. And this is where Michael Ironside, bless him, like, loses his legs. He gets sucked into a pit. Yep. And, then, and then insist that Rico shoot him. He's like, you know what to do. You know what to do. Do it. Come on. He could have been like that recruiting guy. It could have been. He wasn't going to be like that, though. Oh, um, too proud. It's too proud, yes. Which, again, kind of, kind of shows like a paradox in their way of thinking where 
this guy recruiting at the start so it's sort of almost been like brainwashed to talk about how proud he is of his time and that he did what he did for his for his you know not just his country but his his entire race mm-hmm. and michael arasade though like before this when he's like i'm not gonna live like that i'm not gonna live like someone who has no legs shoot me now like i mean well he was dying they could have taken him. They had, they had fancy medicine. He could, yeah, he, have could, he could have gone into the, the little fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I mean, that, this is one of the better action sequences, actually, when they're trying to defend this outpost. They're trying to hold out until some backup shows up to, you know, evacuate them. Um, it's probably, I think, better than the actual drop action sequence, because the drop action sequence, once they land, it's just, it's just a mess of things happening. There's just hundreds of people running around. Here, there's actually like a base that they're trying to defend. Mm-hmm. They've got a variety of weapons. You know, they're throwing grenades at mouse. It's uh, daytime. Yeah, you can see things better. Yeah, it's daytime. Uh, Dana Meyer does get does get skewered here though, and mm-hmm. uh, but does it's okay because she got to be with Rika. Yes. Um, I don't know what to make of that line, to be honest. Like that—that that was her <laughs> one goal in life. That's <laughs> she. She is Eponine, and Denise Richards is. Cosette, and she just don't, got to have her one. So I got I a Les Mis poster in the back, so yeah. Don't think, <laughs> don't think I didn't notice. By the way, that during the the the, the, the quote unquote love scene, uh, she tells him that she loves him, and he just kisses her, and that's it. He never actually says it back. So all I could think of during this scene is that like, it's okay because I got to have you, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't as committed. He's, he he basically only even did it because Mike Lauren said. Look, son, you've got an opportunity for some sex. You don't turn down the sex. You take the sex, you he don't says, ask too many questions. Take my advice, don't turn down a good thing. Yeah. And Denise Richards is out of the picture. You know, Carmen's gone. And he said, you know what? She is a good thing. Yes. I don't think the sex is a good thing. I think he's he sees her as like, you know, she is a good thing. She's great. Okay. And she's one of, you know, brothers in arms. Well, do you know what's funny, actually, because I'm on the IMDb page of Starship Troopers, obviously, as I usually am as we're talking about it, and mm-hmm. you, you always get like, those, like, six photos, because, I mean, there's actually, there's actually 909 photos for this movie for some reason, but the, out of the six photos they've given me, movie. out of the six photos they've given me, one of them's sticking out to me, because it features none other than Sarah Michelle Gellar, the star of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, who was apparently at the premiere, and that's why this photo <laughs> At the premiere. That was so useless. That <laughs> added know, absolutely nothing. I know you got to say a catchphrase. <laughs> Why are you trying to poo-poo my catchphrase moment? It's this <laughs> hard. <laughs> it just it's a reach. Sometimes you gotta reach up for the stars, okay? Mm. Nothing wrong with reaching. If there's something Worth grabbing, you reach for it. And Rico did. What? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um. Uh. So then, there's a big fight. Uh, uh. This is where Neil Patrick Harris shows back up, and one thing we glossed over at the start actually is that there's one scene at the start that shows us that he has telepathy, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is actually so random. Like it enters this idea that he can tell. I think it's just like he's ferret. He can tell he go and like cause chaos with the his mum. Yeah, uh, and he, he can't communicate with humans at least not yet. But he's like training himself to try and uh, like develop his his abilities. 
And one of the one of the commercials we get halfway through the movie is like saying, Hey, could you be psychic? Then use your psychic powers for good. Um but just like Babylon five. Humans next stage of evolution will be psychic abilities. Yes, yes. Babylon five, a good uh piece of science fiction. Yes. Yes. Not as good as Starship Troopers, but better than Starship Troopers. How we'll see. <laughs> There's still time. I'm invested. There look, there is no Londo Malari equivalent in this movie right i i defy you to even point at someone with half the the energy and charisma michael ironside and clancy brown <laughs> they're good don't get me wrong they are good but not london molari that's not that's not like crazy now uh, <laughs> yes but anyway so uh, denise richards who's actually the pilot who comes down and saves them from the previous fight uh she ends up crashing when her big main ship uh, gets cut in half, blown in half by the... Because one of the things the bugs have is they have these big energy blasts that they can send off into space. So mm-hmm. they, they, they've sent off a bunch of those and the, the big giant ship falls apart and they, her and the, the, the love interest rival get into an escape pod and they crash into a cave and there's bugs there and... The bugs don't kill them. They don't kill them, they keep them alive uh, because they're, they're mind bug. Uh, comes out the one who can like scan the brains with his big spike. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes out, does that to love interest, dude. And Rico thinks they're I like dead. the effect of his face like concaving in while his brain's getting sucked out. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, uh, it's a good but, death. But Rico basically <laughs> is going to go try and save them, but then hears screaming and says, "Look, we know they're dead. That's not." But they're going in the caves anyway for the main mission. But then he has this feeling that no. I feel like she's alive somehow. I don't know how. Um, and I was getting ready to call bullshit on this <laughs> this moment. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd forgot. I'd forgotten. Well, it, it sort of sets up like maybe he'll have telepathy. Like he's he he's trying really hard, but he just doesn't have it in the beginning. But maybe he's having it well, now. Well, this is the this is the thing. But this point in the movie, I had forgotten telepathy was ever a thing that had been mentioned. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten that they had ever brought the subject up. And it wasn't until Neil Patrick Harris shows up after they've caught the big main bug thing. And he goes up and like puts his hand on. He's like, "What's the thing?" He's like, "It's scared," and everyone cheers. Which is again, yeah. you shouldn't be cheering that you're making some exactly indigenous creature That's the creature big scared. moment. I think. I think yeah. that's the big moment where where like we we get the brain bug. It's surrounded by American or American uh, Earth troops, and he scans it and says it's afraid, and everybody cheers. But you you do see it, and it is afraid. <laughs> you kind of feel bad for it, like a like an animal. Yeah, um, but you know, he says to Rico that, uh, or Rico says to him, like, "Oh, you're why I knew she was alive. You, you were putting it in my head that she was okay." Yeah. He's like, "That's classified." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, they set up telepathy at the start of the movie, and I completely forgotten because it hadn't been mentioned in such a long yep. time." I was outside of that one ad, which I guess did happen in the middle of the movie. Which the point and of they that bring was... up military intelligence a couple of times in the film. Yeah, but I'd completely forgotten the telepathy it was even something that was brought up. So <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that was the thing." Sure, okay, whatever. Uh, and the movie just ends there. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Rico's become Michael Ironside. Uh, there's a, so it ends with another sort of like propaganda ad. Uh, as, as, yeah. you know, almost as if they cap the whole movie is one big propaganda movie. Um, almost as if this movie was made to recruit people. You know, this isn't even like the real world in this fascist world. This is just like a movie they made for their own yeah. people kind of thing. Exactly. Um. And that's, you know, that's, it's, it's a fine idea. It's a fine okay. idea. 
Like, I'm sorry I don't love it. I, I am. It's alright. I, I wish I liked it more. I want to like it more. There's a lot of reasons why I should like it more. There's a lot of good cast members in this. Not the, the main dude and not Denise Richards, but there's a lot of other good supporting cast <laughs> sprinkled throughout. I like Casper Van Deem. He's got a great chin. He's no Robert Zadar. That's all I'm saying. No, um, he's no Zadar. That's for sure. <laughs> that man, I think, had like elephantitis or something in his chin. No, he he uh, he legitimately had a had a condition that caused yeah. that jawline, um. But, uh, and I only know that because someone looked it up when I was watching Samurai Cop, uh, <laughs> like yesterday. Yeah, I think I I think I've looked him up before because he's in like three episodes of Mystery Science Theater. Uh, was a Maniac Cop, which is uh, which ironically he's in with Bruce Campbell, who wrote an autobiography called If Chins Could Kill, uh, because he has a big chin, like for a normal person. But Zadar, if it, I, I cracked this joke on stream, but if, if Bruce Campbell's chin could kill, then Zadar's chin could probably commit genocide because the thing is, like, huge. Yeah. Um, but yes, Robert Zadar. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, sad loss. Yeah. You know, very, you know, notable presence whenever he was in something. Uh, but... He's great with a katana. <laughs> I think that's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> that's up for debate what does katana mean it means Japanese sword I love that movie let's check out Samurai Cop I recommend it uh, for, for a, a fun bad time um, yeah I think it, like I don't really have anything new to say here at the end it's, it's kind of the same point I wanted to make at the start which is I appreciate the satire, but I think it's missing something more to actually make me care about it as a story, as I'm watching it. I think the conversation was pretty good, talking about some of the details and some of the mm -hmm. things that are that are there uh, sprinkled in. Um, the fact that they make Denise Richards be like this perfect pilot where she's like cutting it so close when she's backing out of the, the spaceport that they're all like really nervous that she's going to scrape the side of the ship. But it's actually just like a millimetre like away, mm -hmm. and it's per perfect. It's because it she's the best. Because she's the best of the best of the best. And Rico turns out to be the best of the best of the best. Like, everyone's the best. Yeah. Even Carl, at the end, showed up to be the one to scan the brain bug. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. Clancy Brown accepts a demotion so that he can go and fight in the infantry because he wants to fight. Yeah. And he's the one who technically captured the, the brain bug, so he becomes the, the great war hero. Yes, yes. They all put him on the, the shoulders and <laughs> you know they're cheering and all the rest of it um it's i mean the whole th the whole thing's a pro you know promoting xenophobia the whole thing's promoting the other race as the other and it, you know the comparisons being made that the media especially propaganda media and certainly when you go back because i know a lot of this was outright based i think the opening is based on a very specific propaganda piece that the nazis made um mm. but a lot of that stuff does treat like the enemy like they're not human and i think part of fiction is to take something like that and make it literal so in this case they're literally bugs they're literally giant bugs so that's why if at face value it's, it's just they're just being literal but then as you stop to think about it you realize that it is a metaphor that it's satire it's, it's representing something that people actually do i appreciate all these things i just don't actually like watching it that much because I don't really get invested in any of the characters or what they're doing. And the reason why I bring up Robocop as a comparison, because I think it has excellent satire, it has excellent political commentary, but it also has a heart where I care about Alex Murphy and I care about him 
finding his humanity by the end. And you could do the opposite. You can make it a tragedy where the character loses his humanity. It's just that, as we said at the start, I don't I mean, think... he sort of does, but he, he, he never really had it. Yeah, he, he does technically, but... Like he went from having like five percent humanity to having zero, and it's not much of a mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not much of a it, difference. The movie is more of like a test to see if you fall for the pro- propaganda, like if mm. you end up rooting for everybody. And I think the last the last moment with the brain bug when they they say that it's afraid, and you're like, yeah, somebody should do something. <laughs> Instead, everybody just cheers. You're like, this is wrong. <laughs> like if you come out of the movie going, this is wrong. Like what those people did are, was wrong. Did you think? The, then you didn't. Then you didn't. Uh, you didn't fall for the propaganda. It's it's a test for all of us. Yeah, I, I was skimming some thoughts about the movie before we came on, and I one of the the thoughts that I saw was uh, the idea that part of the reason why maybe this fails a little bit to be successful with like a wide audience is that people who are actually a bit more prone to like being led to th- think this way don't get the satire because they kind of just accept it at face value so it just comes off as being a bit weird in that sense to them uh, probably uh, and maybe in that sense yeah like perhaps making this because that's the thing when you look at the cover even the trailer i assume i don't remember what the trailer's like but i assume it was marketed as a here's an action, an action sci-fi science movie. Fiction, action yeah. movie yeah where our our aryan people that look like us are the heroes yeah it's the satire is there, and Verhoeven's very good at that. It mm-hmm. definitely feels like a Verhoeven movie. Um, but plus all the nudity. Plus, plus the, it's not actually that much. Me, it's only really that one scene. Yeah, I don't even really. Re- I don't. I don't remember seeing any wiener. No, nah, it was just boobs. There, there was no. Well, it's ass, but I mean, ass barely counts. Yeah, barely counts. I did hear that, uh, or I did read in the trivia that um, both Verhoeven and the. The guy who was doing the shooting, like, were also naked during that scene. <laughs> <laughs> to make everyone feel comfortable. Yeah. Would that make you feel comfortable? I feel I feel like if I'm, you know, Dana Meyer showing up to set, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fully nude scene, <laughs> and the director's standing there with his, his wiener flapping about. I, I don't know if that makes me well, comfortable. Well, I mean, he's European. Like, you probably expect it. <laughs> yeah. They this got lots of nude beaches over there. Yeah, this is a mainland <laughs> Europe thing, by the way. The UK is a bit more... Uh, uh, prudish than that. Oh, you guys are, yeah, you guys are a lot of prudes. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We know this to be true. Hey, we actually allow R-rated content on regular TV channels after nine o'clock. Unlike, unlike your networks who have to censor things with the Yippie Master Falcon, and things of that nature, right? <laughs> yeah, but some of those are gold. <laughs> I love a good cheese and rice instead of Jesus Christ. The sentence of Jesus Christ? Yeah, when I was a kid. That's one I remember. Or the the great scene in Point Break where Keanu Reeves is about to jump out of an airplane and he yells the F word. Instead is replaced with, let's do this. Even though he's clearly just saying one syllable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, that, that's cool. whole like dubbed censorship was never a thing on TV in the UK. This was something I learned about when I was like in my twenties because like someone casually. Oh yeah, made it's a definitely wrong, it. but it is yeah. fun. So there's some good ones. I'm sure there's some compilation you can find on YouTube of great dubs. Oh, probably, probably. Yeah. Uh, so- sounds like a sounds like a uh, but yeah, Starship Troopers. It's do you know it's funny? Like I feel like I'm almost a minority now because I feel like in the 
couple or so decades since this came out, it has developed a cult following, and there's so many, because even I searched for it to look up some opinions, like, every single headline or article was like, oh, misunderstood gem, or forgotten masterpiece, or, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm in the minority now, because I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying, but I still don't really like watching it that much. <laughs> Alright. So, um... We tried. Yeah, look, look, I'm not going to agree with the consensus on everything like this, like, you know. Yeah. Um, Hey, we, we just got a comment on something recently said that it late when we disagreed because it leads to better conversation apparently so uh oh. what one was that we tend I, to agree on most things i think i think it was conquest of the planet of the apes which makes sense because that was a disagreeable yeah this dis- disagreeable disagreement <laughs> i said disagreeable <laughs> clearly clearly i've been talking too long uh all right yeah it's time to wrap this up yes well okay what are you going to rate uh starship trippers I still love it. I I do think it's like one of Verhoeven's best. I do I do like Robocop more, and there are some issues I have with the film, but for the most part, like I think it really works, and I do like the special effects in it. I think I think they hold up pretty well, um, and uh, the satire is on point, if not never better from Verhoeven. I'm gonna give it a nine point five. What are you absolutely yep. off your mind? 9.5. Hey, I rated it pretty high on my list of the top 50. 9.5. Yeah. It goes up every time I watch it. So maybe next time it'll be a 10. I thought even... <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I mean, I came... All right. I Honestly, I came out of the movie going, that's a 9. That's a 9. <laughs> but because you were being so negative... <laughs> And then I was being extra positive. Like, you know, I love this movie. So, screw you. 9.5. This is... I don't even know what to say. Uh, I I think I'm going to land on a 6. What did you say? I respect what it's doing, but I don't think it's... It gets up to the good category for me where I actually care about it as I'm watching it. Like, I appreciate, like... I laugh at some of the satirical moments and the jokes and things like that, but I never care about the story or about where it's going. So, it's it's lacking a layer for me. It's like it's lacking a layer where I can actually feel something for it. Whether it's because I'm rooting for something or because I'm feeling the tragedy and I'm what I know and I'm like sad because it's gone down this dark path or something. Uh, it's okay. missing. It's missing that layer, whatever that layer may be. What a shame. So I'm going to say it. This is so weird. Uh, but because everyone said it's misunderstood, I'm going to call it overrated now. So <gasps> to Starship Trippers, the overrated Verhoeven film. You're just doing this for the show. <laughs> There's no way. Overrated. Um, what I will say uh, is that Total Recall, that, that does make me want to revisit some other Verhoeven films from the 80s and 90s to see how I feel about them now. Because I feel like you some You like them- Black Book. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, that was later, but I'm thinking, like... Like, I saw Basic Instinct a long, long time mm-hmm. ago, but I'm wondering if I'll actually really like it now. I, not that I disliked it at the time, but I don't really remember what I felt about it, to be honest. Well, when you're done with your Wim Wenders collection, maybe <laughs> you can switch over to Verhoeven. Yes. I, again, I think it was a teenager watching that, so my mind was definitely on something very specific during a couple of those scenes, but... And we all know which one. <laughs> yeah, um... And now, now because I'm thinking of Sharon Stone, I'm just thinking back to Total Recall 
Uh, when Arnold's like, consider that a divorce. Imagine like the plot of Basic Instincts playing out and you've got all this like steamy stuff with Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone and then Arnold just bursts in the door with the machine gun and shoots and goes, consider that a divorce. Like halfway through the movie. Consider that a divorce. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Uh, there you go. That's it. That's the ratings. Uh, Tara is going to do her pose after I give you the word. The word. Uh, actually, no. The phrase is, would you like to know more? Uh, put that in the comments. Would you like to know more? In the comments, if you got made it this far into the review, Tara's going to pose for the thumbnail. So here we go. Three, two, one. Pose. Get it? Do you know how much more work it is to like cut around your fingers when you do something like that? Well, screw you. <laughs> is, that, is that like... I feel like, no sympathy. That's intentional because I was mean towards your, your movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, over a thousand reviews on IMDb for this one. That's a lot. Wow. Uh, unique, subversive masterpiece. I have a feeling most of them are going to be on my side. Best satire since Doctor Strange Love. These are bold, bold cla statements. Claimants? <laughs> I can't speak anymore. Uh, but yes. I bet yes. you have to search pretty far to find one that supports your opinion. <laughs> <clears throat> well, even the ones that don't like it won't support my opinion of it. Like, the ones that don't like it th just don't get what it's doing. And yeah. they think it's a bad action movie. Uh, I'm somewhere else. Oh, it's this one out of ten. Let's read this one. Right, I'm going to read this. It's like, like, not that long. Right, this is from 1999. Ooh. <laughs> right, from a user called Ar Arkeel. <laughs> I love fascism. <laughs> <laughs> it's titled Pathetic. Mm. Right, I can't believe that good film was wasted on this. I have seen many bad films over the years. This is by far the worst film I have ever tried to sit through. In fact, to call this movie bad would be an insult to bad movies. Wow. I feel like get, ha, watching some of the stuff I've watched oh, just for streams after midnight and even for a couple of things for our bonus episodes, if this is the worst movie you've ever seen, then you have lived lucky. a very sheltered movie life. Yeah, That's all definitely. I'm going to say. <laughs> and it is shot in a way that is very over the top, like silly. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it also almost has like a Sharknado quality to it. But it comes off like because it's trying to make a mm. point and it's not doing it like let's purposely make a bad movie. Like it, it still it works like a lot more. But if you don't know what you're, if you don't realize what you're watching, like yeah, it comes off kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, do you know what? all these one out of ten reviews are all from 1999. They're all from just you know in the years following the movie. Yeah, when out. IMDb came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although, one, the first one, oh, that's not the first one, but the one right after those says Misunderstood Masterpiece, 10 out of 10, and that is from the year 2000. So that was someone who was quite early to the the mm. party on the Misunderstood Masterpiece uh, train. Or just watched the interview with Verhoeven going, it's satire, why don't you get it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, well, there you go. That's your review section of the, you know, show. Uh, <laughs> this has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Should I see what's coming next week to tell them what to get excited yeah. for? So, uh, next week on the show, we're building up to episode 100, of course. We're very close. Uh, this was 97, for the record, in case you're curious. 
Uh, next week, uh, we're actually doing the next vote winner. Because uh, this one's slightly late, so we're just getting to the next one straight away. And the next vote winner is the 1980s film The Dead Zone. Uh, so, there we go. Yeah, that was definitely an Not 80s Not a first-time watch for me. I'll be excited to see it again. It is a first-time watch for me, and I do like Christopher Walken, so I'm... Uh, but you forward. don't like Stephen King. Oh, I wouldn't say I dislike Stephen King. You wouldn't say that? I mean, he's got a lot of bad movie adaptations, but there's some good ones. Okay. I mean, yeah, obviously The Shining. The Shining, Shawshank, Misery. Misery. Green Mile's good. Uh, the Mist Green is... Green Mile good? I don't know. Nah, I think it is. The Mist is wonderful. The Mist is one of his best uh, in terms oh, yeah, of movie adaptations. There's a good handful of them. Uh, but then, of course, you have, you know, the trash. And there's a decent amount of trash, too. <laughs> I like Dr. Sleep. That was surprisingly really good. I liked... I liked a good portion of Dr. Sleep. There's there's a couple of things that it delved into, uh, like, uh, here's just the, this, just the nostalgia, the, you know, the franchise nostalgia stuff for The Shining. Uh, it was just... It was just a surprise for me mm. that I liked it. Plus, it was I two was and a half hours long. Two, two and a half hours long for a horror movie is, is pushing it. <laughs> it's pushing it a bit. I was going to say that. Uh, but yeah, so I look forward to uh, The Dead Zone, which is, is a first time watch for me, so uh, I'm excited to see what I think of that. Um, but uh, we are building up to 100. Uh, we are still working through the Planet of the Apes franchise uh, and occasionally the Invisible Man series as well. Um, and yeah, we should bring that back. Yeah, we've got one scheduled loosely and it won't be that long before we have to start the Matrix movies because the fourth one is out this year. Woo! I'm excited. And, it, and it's definitely coming out because they've committed to this HBO Max release system even if there's no theatres open. So it's happening. All right. It's happening, folks. Uh, which also means we'll definitely be starting Godzilla movies this year because Godzilla vs. King Kong is coming out as well. Awesome. Man, it's going to be franchise saving. And King it? Kong franchise. Oh, and, oh, geez, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we do have something a little different planned for how we're going to cover those monster movies, actually. Uh, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll reveal that uh, when the time is right. Uh, but hey, so that has been uh, our Starship Troopers episode of the Atomic Serum Experiment. Feel free to tell me that I don't understand the genius of Starship Troopers in the comments below. Although, I get it. I just don't love it. It's, you know, it's fine. I get what it's doing. Robocop's better. <laughs> Much better. And even. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. I agree. By half a point. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know what you think of the movie in the comments like and subscribe like is super important is the easy and free way to support us we mentioned patreon.com slash tv earlier uh, for financial support where you can get some bonuses for your troubles uh, and of course if Tara would like to promote anything else we do for you to go check out uh, if you're interested in epic science fiction long form storytelling you can check out our Babylon 5 reviews we are still on season 1 but it's a first time watch for us so Yes. Please head on over and check that out and follow along with us. It's been fun. Babylon 5, better than Starship Troopers, send tweet. <laughs> the look of death that I just got from her. It's not death. I fear for death. So <laughs> there's definitely mm -hmm. some death in there. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, so go check out other things. But uh, otherwise, that is us. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. 
but that does it so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it uh happy new year this is the first one we're recording i think in the new year mm-hmm. uh so yeah happy 2021 and we'll see you soon so keep watching sci-fi and computer at Celsius. come on you apes you want to live forever